0: Welcome to the Taking a Breath Podcast with Parker Mays. All right, welcome back everybody to this week's episode of the Taking a Breath Podcast podcast. I'm Parker. And before we jump into today's conversation, I want to highlight a conversation that's happening outside of the audio platform, the community platform that we've started over the past couple of months through taking a breath. You can visit flow.page slash Parker Mays, hit join the community. That's for our 16 to 24 year old age range. So if you are a listener and you're interested in building your network globally, um, we have people from all over the world in that community, which is really exciting. And we would love to engage with you speaking of engaging and building community and uh, networking I have someone on today who is absolutely incredible with not only um, building your network um, but specifically is an expert on all things mentoring and and uh, he is actually the director um, at journeymen triangle which is a mentoring and leadership development nonprofit for adolescent males ages uh, 12 to 18 um, it's based actually right here in the Raleigh area. We call it the triangle for those that aren't local. Um, And uh, he's really passionate about um, through this supporting boys um, through group mentoring circles, one-on-one mentoring and weekend adventure programs. Uh, Jordan is someone that I've gotten the chance to connect with through mutual friends. And so Jordan, uh, just really excited to have you. Uh, And so I would love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners as well.
1: Yeah. Great. Great to be here, Parker. Thanks for that intro. Yeah, I definitely consider myself a social butterfly. I'll I'll give you two versions of my kind of self-introduction. There's the uh, more formal one, which is like born and raised in Raleigh, North Carolina. kind of grew up in Garner. I went to Wake Tech Community College. I went to NC State. I studied entrepreneurship there, really focusing in on this social entrepreneurship lens. You know, how do we use business as a force for good? Exploring, you know, can we make profits, and can we serve a purpose at the same time? I'm about 25 years old, you know, and I I run Journeyman, as you you stated, and then I think for the more kind of, the way I like to answer that question when people ask me, maybe at a networking event, they say, what do you do? Well, I'm a human being, I'm not a human doing, so I, I answer in this way of like, I believe in a world where people are connected deeply with themselves and each other, and the world around them, and the earth. And so the way I kind of manifest that, the way I kind of help accomplish that vision or that mission um, right now is through Journeyman. So we get to work uh, in training mentors, in connecting kind of group mentoring circles where youth can experience um, male role models, positive male role models. And amid that, I I do a lot of other (laughs) projects. I'm I'm engaged in kind of many other things, definitely have the uh, jack-of-all-trades thing going on, so... That's a little bit to get us started here.
0: No, I love that, and um, it, it's really it's interesting because you know you mentioned being born and raised in Raleigh. It is it's so rare. I I as well uh, got the chance to be uh, just right outside of Raleigh and Cary, just born and raised. And um, it's it's always cool to meet people who nice. who have seen the area grow. Right, so um, that that is awesome. You mentioned um, you know a really creating deep connections with people. I think that's I know that's something that's important with Journeyman. I know it's important to you. I wanted to start off by jumping in a little bit, talking about your passion for mentoring. What started your passion for mentoring and especially this age group and um and the demographic that Journeyman works with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a couple ways to answer that question. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with just like shout out to my mom and my dad my mom was a teacher and i was actually homeschooled until 4th grade and so from early on i learned how to be a student right a student of life a student of her, of her class and then later in public school but kind of had this inside knowledge on what does it mean to teach what does it mean to teach and mentor and facilitate and so that seed was planted pretty early on for me and then later in life i got I actually got engaged in the journeyman program and so when i was 14 years old my dad said hey Uh, We're going to go camping and then I get there and there's like a bunch of men and boys gathered and they're asking me about You know, what kind of man do I want to be? What are my values and they're asking me these deep questions and I'm being invited to explore, you know What kind of masks or or how do I front right? What kind of fronts am I putting up in the world and maybe what's on the flip side of that mask and um, It really changed my world. It really it really had a significant impact on my life and my trajectory and in that moment, I, I don't think I quite understood all of it, right? Like, I'm still unpacking kind of what happened in that rites of passage experience. But what I knew was that I was drawn to it, and I came back, and I staffed as a young staffer, and then I came back as an adult mentor, and kind of it led me one thing to the next, and eventually I ended up in this place where I, where I said, you know, this, this really changed my life in a significant way, and I want to give this to as many people as possible. I think to kind of sum it up is is I, I'm reading this newspaper called The Good Newspaper. My friend, um, actually, I've got it right here on my desk. It's like Celebrate Good News, and it's, it's a newspaper focused on good stories. And this youth edition, they interviewed uh, Brad Montague, who created Kid President. I, I'm sure you're familiar with Kid President. I love it. And um, basically, he says, be who you needed when you were younger. And so that's really a, a condensed way of saying it, like, I am, I'm in some ways healing my inner child. And I'm, I'm being the person I kind of needed when I was growing up.
0: Wow, that is incredible. And that I think really speaks to a lot of what I've I've tried to do with content creation and everything. I, I've mentioned that exact same thing of, hey, in high school, I wish I had had this type of place to get connected or this type of resource. So I think there's so much value in that. And from from my side, uh, definitely agree. Um, I was blessed, you know, you mentioned that your your mom teaching really kind of showed you that uh, interest. And so I was I was curious to hear a little bit more about that, because I have also, you know, a lot of the trajectory that I'm on is a result of my parents as well. I know not everyone is is lucky enough to have parents who will, you know, do what your dad did and put them into a, a journeyman type of, of mentoring program or, or a mom who, you know, so what is kind of, you know, the value of those good mentors that you you're able to kind of work with and, and see on a daily basis through journeyman?
1: Yeah, I think you know, the, the philosophy behind it is like what you can see is what you can be. And oh, wow. ultimately, like we, we need examples of people so that, so that we can have um, heroes or we can have people we admire. You know, we can see qualities in someone else and say, you know, one thing we say in Journeyman is like if you spot it, you got it. So if you see it in someone else, there's a part of that that lives in you. And, you know, we're all kind of re- reflecting back, parts of ourselves and each other to each other right we're mirroring our reality in some ways and um, having access to mentors and role models is huge I, I think when we look at like empirically there's more and more data coming out around how does mentoring affect the kind of trajectory or risk behavior for a young person and like all of that evidence is like double thumbs up I mean we're seeing how in in most or all circumstances like this is having a positive effect personally for me I didn't know like who I like who I could be like I didn't have a queer image of like of course you know my father was it was a role model and and I looked up to him but you know he had his one experience he had his kind of you know his whole life experience but having a group of men who could say you know from from a wide range of of thoughts and beliefs and philosophies and experience, I look at all of them and say, oh, like, I could go to this person if I need help with this. I can go to this person if I need help with this. And then I can be kind of woven into the fabric of this large group. I had a hard time, you know, wanting to, like, grow up and, oh, I'm going to become a man because the way I had seen what it means to be a man in the world was not something I wanted to be proud of. It was, like, I was given this very narrow idea, and there's a guy named Mark Green. I think he runs the Good Good Men Project, and there's another guy who talks about kind of the man box, where in our society we say, "Well, here's this very narrow definition of how you can be and what you can be," and it, you know, it wasn't. I wasn't excited about being this like extremely like macho kind of stoic man. Like I had these other qualities, and it wasn't until I could see. Other men who had these qualities um, that were different than what the internet told me (laughs) that I realized, oh, I can be this or I can be whatever I want. So it was it was empowering and and freeing and gave me expanded my vision of who I could become based on what I saw.
0: And that's so important. I love that what you said that what you can see is what you can be, Mm -hmm. because there is so much to that, right? There's so many layers of depth, not only is it, you know, the, the, the people that you get exposed to, right, the people that are in your life, but then also, you know, how much effort that if you have the ability to, to push outside of that surrounding to see more to, you know, um, and I think that perspective, you know, that story is really incredible. Thank you for sharing that. I'm interested in terms of values. I know that um, values is something that you talk a lot about. And I know that um, for you, you know, you mentioned just now that Journeyman kind of started to um, bring out that, uh, you know, are, what are the values? What is most important to me for you now through Journeyman? What are some of the values that you're really investing in, you know, the kids that you're working with?
1: You know, I was just thinking about this today. Maybe we can maybe we can practice it if we can try it out. Perfect. Um, so one of the things that I'm starting to value more is taking a breath. And this is called the Taking a Breath Podcast. So I, I'm curious, you know, I'm wondering if, if I can invite you into actually just settling in. So maybe we can pause for a moment and just take a deep breath in. And I think... I could do a couple more of those, but I know we have yeah. limited time. <laughs> I think one of the things I value is really doing that in my life, right? Like taking a pause and be like, wait a minute. There's not a scarcity here of time or resources. I mean, it's limited, yeah. but um, that's one of the values that I really care about. And, yeah. you know, I, I think you asked me, what do we teach the young men? <laughs> yeah. So... I think by the nature of being a mentor, right, I, I kind of model the things that I value. Yes. And then and then the young men can say, hey, oh, like that resonates and that doesn't. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the one level is that having access to a group of mentors or to a group mentoring model is that you get to see all of these different things and you can emulate those behaviors or those values that you care about. I would say as an organization, we really focus on um, this question is like what does it mean to be a man of integrity? So integrity is is when my action when my thoughts, actions and beliefs line up. So this is what I'm gonna say. Uh, this is what I say I want and then you know this is what I believe about that and here are how my actions line up in integrity um, with those thoughts and beliefs. And so we really focus on that and ultimately like coming down to telling the truth. the idea that um, in a lot of ways in our society says, well, Men or boys are only allowed to have, you know, they're only allowed to be happy or, or angry. Right? They can't be sad. They can't be fearful. They can't be shameful. It's like, mm. well, that's not really true. So we have to create a culture of, of trust in our circles where young men are able to be vulnerable. So we, we teach a couple of things. We teach vulnerability is strength, right? And that having access to understanding what you're feeling, what stories that might be telling you, is really important. Mm. Um, that self realization impacts. You as a person, you as a leader, you as a community member, you as a part of a group. I mean, it really impacts, you know, you in relation to bigger social issues. So we teach that one. And then the other one is integrity, integrity and accountability. So am I accountable for doing what I said I'd do? And here's a group of men and young men who can challenge me if I'm not, if I'm not living up to what I say, challenge me in a way that's loving, that's like, hey, like you said this and, you know, now we have an opportunity. If you want to get back into integrity, you can do something about that. We're not going to shame you and be like, ooh, you messed up. But we give you an opportunity to take ownership of, hey, I did something. This is how it made me feel. This is how this might be a pattern in my life. Um, And this is a step in the opposite direction to kind of change that pattern. And so it's really giving agency and I could even use the word like, emotional sovereignty in some ways back to the individual as teenagers you're learning right you're learning about that independence uh, you're learning how to do that more so we we give opportunities for that
0: dang i love that and and it's a perfect transition into something that i wanted to dive into a little bit because you you touched on it there in in a couple of ways you know the, the um, self-awareness and and some of these things and it's it's this idea of authenticity mm. that i know um you're you're big on and um it, I think it it kind of, especially for young people, and this is something that you probably have a lot of insight on, is, is a real struggle when um, there's a lot of the comparison going on between, okay, who's further along and who's, and I'm sure that competition is something that uh, really m- potentially gets the best of people. I know it has um, in, in my circles, especially. And so uh, I'm just interested to hear your thoughts around authenticity and specifically, how to create a culture, whether it's in your friend groups or whether it's in a program or a team, you know, whatever, how to create that culture of authenticity.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So in a, in a group or in a society, you're always kind of bargaining. You're having a, um, debate dialogue. Um, you're kind of bargaining around like what it is, the group values and what do you value and how do you fit into it? And so, I would say it's it's more nuanced to look at the group dynamics around you know what do we say we value through our actions or whether or through our beliefs whether they're unsaid or said so we value this we value you know getting good grades or we value making a lot of money so in your friend group you have you contribute to saying what do I value or what do we value and what do we not value and when that comes down to the individual level I think the concept of like a mask really comes in handy. Actually, I have one right here. So this this idea of and I actually created this on my on my first weekend when I was fourteen with journeyman. But this idea that like we all wear masks in the world, and it's and especially in adolescence, you're trying out different aspects of your identity. Right, developmentally, you're like, oh, like am I a am I this type of person? Am I this type of person? Do I like this? Do I like this? And the idea of the mask is that this is what i show people like personally like i show people that um i have it together that i'm a professional that i'm really you know that i'm that i'm driven that um i care a lot about the world and like these things are true but there's also this side of the mass it's like i don't necessarily come out and come forward with this side which is like I, you know i've struggled with addiction in the past i've you know i have a hard time loving myself i really you know, am, am a perfectionist and that prevents me from getting things done sometimes. And so this idea that like, can we normalize sharing this side as much as we normalize or appreciate sharing this side? Um, my friend Ashanti Branch talks about this idea of the mask a lot. He was a part of a film or he created a film called The Mask We Live In. And the issue with the mask is that they serve a purpose or in some ways they're they're helping us get through the world. They're keeping us safe, but we need a place to be able to take those off and to show our raw selves because if we don't we become the mask and it feels inauthentic we might not even be able to communicate it but like other people will feel it and will feel it
0: and that's something i think that is especially over time right like the the mask thing it works like for a little bit like you feel but i love that idea of like then you become the mask because like if that you find your identity and just putting up a front, then at the core, like there really isn't like there, it's, it's so hard to actually make that, uh, that transition. And you feel like really it's all one together. So I. what's that that.
1: movie? It's a Jim Carrey movie called the mask. Okay. It's like it attaches to him and it becomes this part of the identity that he has to fight. Eventually it's like, it's kind of like that. Super interesting.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that, um, you know, we, we see it so often is that now in a world driven by, okay, how can I look the best, then people struggle with that. And which is why they have insecurity around their authentic self, you know, they have um, uh, self doubt. And there's all of these things that I think are this result of okay I've been trying to put up a front for so long I'm actually insecure with what if people found out underneath the mask like if they realize if people realized that oh you know this these 10 Instagram posts that I put up aren't actually who I am or this perfect family or this perfect relationship they would they wouldn't like me or they wouldn't and that. Is so detrimental, especially to the people that you and I work with, the high school, the college age, like there is so much stress associated with that when you're only, you know, faking it. And, and they say, you know, fake it till you make it. But then what if, you know, what if you can't actually back up that that uh that front that you've put up? So yeah, that I think that's so important to realize. Okay, if we can, and I think what you guys are doing it incredibly, if we can transition from, I want to put up a front to, okay, let's normalize actually being authentic, actually being vulnerable, and around a group, you know, group values, I think you're, you're spot on there. I love that.
1: Well, and it's, it's, I think, you know, people ask me the question around, like, what, you know, what are the what are youth struggling with? Or what are young people struggling with? Yes. Um, And I mean, ultimately, there's this belonging, there's this Deep-seated, very human need to belong, right? And we we want to belong, and so there are tons of forces that are driving, um, that are basically making money off of or making some sort of value off of belonging, right? So there's there's advertisements. We're we're here. We're bombarded with all of these things. Like, if you do this, you'll belong in this group. If you just buy this, if you just act this way, if you just fit this expectation of you, you'll belong. And I think if we don't really question those values of what's actually earning you a seat at the table, do I earn a seat at the table by buying this thing? And maybe I should be kind of questioning, actually, wait, I don't want to belong in that group. If I can just buy my way into it, Yeah. Right? maybe I should be questioning, like what are the groups I belong to and what kind of earns me that place in mm-hmm. that community? And, and, and Journeyman, we orient around showing up, showing up present and telling the truth is what earns you a seat at the table. Yeah. And, and ultimately like when we orient around those values of accountability, integrity, um, and authenticity, then people get it. I mean, they get that. That's what's gonna, that's, what's gonna allow them to, f- to fit in there in some ways. And, and, we hold this kind of, we hold certain rules in the group dynamics around um, non non judgment, unless someone asks for it, unless someone says, hey, can, you know, I'd be curious around what you guys think around this. Um, we don't give advice unsolicited, and we don't um, we don't judge people unless they invite kind of critical thought or judgment.
0: So for you, you just mentioned it, advice, and this is something that I've been working on what for you is a way that you can either ask for advice in, you know, what, how do you approach that? And then also giving advice, because I know that's something that I'm sure as a mentor and mentee, I know that you have a a number of mentors yourself. And then also you mentor. um, I'm sure that I don't know if advice is the right word or, but, but curious around that.
1: Yeah. Advice is interesting. I think, um, I think, to me, as a like a facilitator, <laughs> is I'd, I'd rather work with questions. I actually think questions are more powerful than statements. Yeah. And um, when we can ask a question to then help that person arrive at some sort of understanding or wisdom within themselves, you know, that's the teaching the man to fish, right? That's, that's teaching someone to fish versus giving them fish. It's how do we... Um, Create an environment in which they can solve solve their own problems in I some ways, and the mentors in our group we don't we often sit back we kind of hold the container we hold the space, and the young men kind of help each other out, and they kind of work through it and we can ask questions like well, you know what do you think is driving that what's going on there, and so not not that advice is devoid I think when we when we invite advice, in the group dynamic we typically you can't just jump in and say, this is what you should do. You have to say, hey, is it okay if I offer something to you or if I offer you some advice? Because oftentimes we just wanna share something and then just share it and not have anything. Like sometimes I'm just feeling sad and I don't know why and I don't need any advice and I don't need someone to tell me I should feel happy. I just need to feel it and be seen. And so this idea of like, when you're giving and receiving advice, being really clear that it is solicited, that it is, that both parties want it you know and then and then talk about it from your subjective experience like this is my story I don't live in your shoes I I might be close but you know here's here's what I would do or here's how I would think about it or this is what I would look at I would turn over this rock and see what's over there yeah and we do this thing called kind of like a council or like a king's court um where someone can bring up an issue and then people can ask questions and give advice um maybe share if they've been through something similar.
0: I love that. And I think, yeah, that, that context is so important. Not only, you know, the the, the asking questions to, to just get clarity on situate, I think that that's really valuable. But I agree with you that, yeah, the, the allowing people to come to their own conclusions, or um, especially um, the kind of listen and be heard, point that you mentioned where if someone comes needing to be heard knowing the difference uh between hey i just want to share versus hey i actually would like you to say anything you know Mm -hmm. um and that was uh another question that i had for you about approaching young people that may be struggling with something so you you alluded to it there, you, you started to get into it, but mm-hmm. especially a lot of the people that I find, you know, whether it's, um, depression or mental health struggles, or, um, especially right now, I hear a lot that, um, young people are feeling isolated. Mm. Uh, how do you approach that when you're, you know, when someone approaches you about that and how do you know if they're looking for, Hey, you know, here's some things versus just, I need someone to, to hear
1: me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, that's a really good question. Um, I don't, I don't claim to know the answer to it, but I know some things that have worked. And I guess before I go into that, I'd love to just kind of contextualize the problem a little bit because we are more connected than we've ever been right with the internet, (laughs) then people are simultaneously feeling isolated. So it's like, what's up with that? Right. So what's, what's missing in, in the way we connect, I think, I mean, like I was saying before, it comes back to this kind of meaning of, this crisis of meaning. Yes. Like people are, are missing meaning in their lives in a significant way, and they're belonging, they're, they really want to belong, and they're belonging kind of for reasons that are more shallow. Yeah. Um, they're more surface level. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to fix that, right? I was like, we can't just get rid of all the phones and it'll be done. It's like creating space where there can be deep connection is definitely something that's helpful, and yes. it's definitely been helpful in my experience, and I think it's universally <laughs> helpful, right? But you know, there's a couple things to kind of that might help navigate a question if someone's coming to you and saying, "Hey, I need some help." The first one is to practice attuned presence. And so, what uh, what does that mean? Be in your body, <laughs> whatever that means to you, but like, be here right, be here now, and as we're talking, right, can I, can I notice, can I do some grounding exercise? What am I thinking? What am I smelling? What am I tasting? The, those things will really root me into this moment. Um, eye connection, eye contact is a really good thing to help with that. So when someone else is talking, I'm not listening to respond. If I'm practicing attuned presence, I'm listening to, to feel what that person's feeling, to understand what they're saying. And just that is, that's huge. I think we, we miss that in general. Well, definitely the first step to any sort of meaningful conversation or connection. The other things, you know, in our mentoring model, we, we use this acronym LAM. Right? What you want to do is you want to listen, you want to accept where they're at, you want to admire what you see in them in that struggle, um, and then you want to model. You can model kind of what it means, you know, to be. Uh, representing this this masculine authenticity or vulnerability right for for our mentors sure this this applies universally and then the last thing is you want to bless or you want to call out in them the gold that you see right because likely there's something going on behind that struggle there's a gift and it's not up to us to say hey you know look at that look at that gift or i'm gonna take away your pain it's about hey actually your pain's a gift and i can't help work like, I can't work that for you, right? So your pain, it hurts, and that's important to just feel that. Um, I'm not gonna take it away from you. I wouldn't rob you of that, because ultimately that, that pain can transform into a gift in which you can give back to the community. And so if, as a mentor or as someone who's kind of a couple steps further along, we can see that and call it out and bless it. It's gonna empower that to just flourish, right? Michael Mead talks about, um, there's a, there's a dream that is awakening in the young people. And it's up to us to kind of bring that out, um, as mentors.
0: I love that. And I think, so you mentioned a couple of things. I love the attuned presence idea that actually we are in a conversation to listen, to be present. I think, you're exactly right, that there is so much, uh, and and I know you're passionate about politics. I don't uh, <laughs> love for, just for this show, uh, to go into it too much, um, just because I know that that isolates people, it makes people feel divided, but especially, you know, we're finishing up an election right now, there's so much of that listening to respond, listening to respond, mm-hmm. right? And that's why you mentioned that, and this is just a relevant example, but it happens all the mm-hmm. time. You know, it doesn't matter if it's just a, a you know, an election, or. Or if it's just a a conversation or a disagreement or anything, people are listening to to respond, they're listening to disagree, you know, and, um, and so if we could listen to understand perspective. And to be present in the conversation, I think that alone is something that I really need to practice in depth, you know, because I I, I still struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Um, even doing this, you know, this helps because I really need to be present in the conversation. But um, the other thing that I really liked that you said was that we're more connected than we've ever been, but also feel isolated because I, that I mean, that's something that we have to drive home, especially for the audiences, um, that what's missing is the depth of connection um that uh that there is this level of depth that we're not seeing that people want to get you know they want to get connected and do you have for you is there a way to transition from just you know okay we're on our phones or we're texting or we're you know social media whatever to actually bringing that into depth of of context
1: yes Yeah. Ask good questions. (laughs) That's really the short answer. Um, You know, and and question yourself, right? Like Mm. when you're talking about if we're just listening to respond, like kind of be dubious of your own thinking and and say, wait, am I just trying to be right here? Do I just want to win? Because the pursuit of, of truth, when people debate or talk in good faith, they are searching for something that they can only get by talking to each other, right? They don't have it. They don't have you know, their parts to a puzzle to then allow for the emergence of a greater truth. I mean, that's, that's the way I would love to see a dialectic kind of debate happen. Yeah. The issue is we often kind of devolve and, and move down to these, these just using logical and reasoning fallacies yeah. <laughs> to try to be right or persuade someone or convince someone. I'll, I'll say one more thing because I, I mentioned the mentoring model of what we do Yep. But I didn't, measure, I didn't mention what we don't do. So what we don't do is we don't want to frap. <laughs> we don't want to fix, F-R-A-P, by the way. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to fix someone. Like, so we don't want to insinuate that they're broken and they need to be fixed. We don't want to rescue them from their struggle. So we're not here to, to pull, them out of, pull them out of the pit, right? Yeah. We can get down in the pit with them, but we don't want to take away the potential gift that working through that could be and we don't wanna give advice unsolicited. And then the last thing is we don't wanna project. So we don't wanna basically take our experience and say, oh, they're going through exactly what I'm going through. There might be some, some insight you have because of your experience, but don't project your stuff onto them. And so I think if we do the lamb stuff and we don't do the, the frap stuff, then, then we will create more meaningful and intentional conversation um, and relationship. And then ask good questions I mean when was the last time like when someone asks you how are you doing do you just respond oh good I'm doing all right yeah right or do you or do you go into it and why right? like if you're having a bad day do you catch yourself saying oh yeah I'm fine or do you actually share with that person no like I'm, I'm having a hard time um, and why do you do that and what's the circumstance that would create something different you know, when was the last time someone asked you like how you were really doing and like talked to you on this deep level? Um, one question when I think about asking good questions, uh, there's this kind of living question. It's like what must come alive in you this year and what are you prepared wow. to do about it? Like That's just a that's just a potent question. And and like asking that just brings it to another level. So I, I want to curate a list of really potent questions that I could just say. Hey Parker, check these out, share these with your friends. Maybe you can, you guys can, you know, ask them to each other and maybe it might create a more meaningful connection, but I don't have that yet.
0: <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. I know. Keep me updated on that because not only for doing this type of stuff, but, you know, interacting with the, the young leaders community and everything, those types of things, um, are things a big takeaways for me from, from this conversation that now, I want to really go and implement because I think there's a lot of value in not only, you know, the the deep connection through conversation, but also, yeah, those intentional moments where you can really invest in someone just by asking, how are you doing and meaning it, right? Because there is the, you know, good morning, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah I'm good. But do you actually want to know? Do you actually care? And I think that creating that, even if it, it's, um a, you know, just in passing you know like how can i really bring value to that person like make them feel valued outside of just hey i'm I'm walking by them um so i mean i think there's so much so much good stuff and um for For anyone listening as well highly recommend you know if you're if you're someone who's either wanting to be a mentor or wanting to to get better at mentoring um go back and check out the lamb and the frap stuff because i think that that around conversation right is really interesting and is is something that i'm going to go through i didn't did not know about it um beforehand but i'm going to go through and um spend some time really developing like okay where where do pinpointing where do i need to work on things Mm -hmm. and then really implementing those are the things that i always emphasize like at the end of episodes you know how can we pinpoint one or two things that are really meaningful and then implement them you know because i mm. think that i can i can listen to conversations all day long i can listen to podcasts all day long but if i can't then actually apply it then it's just meaningless in one ear and out the other mm. so i um, highly encourage that for the audience today and, and jordan i really appreciate you being on
1: yeah well and i just want to say like sure. you know you you've you're living this right so like what what you're doing with this podcast listening back to a couple of different um episodes that you've done is like you're asking questions and you're talking to people and you're in you're kind of approaching life with this belief that well everyone has something to teach me yeah and then saying at the same time well i'm going to record it and maybe other people can can benefit from it as well so it's been cool to watch your journey of um you know, talking to people and learning, and then like in, incorporating these things, and it's just it's it's growing, it's building. So it's been um, it's been cool to see that, and I, and I think I'm on a similar journey. Like I'm always trying to be, you know, the dumbest person in the room.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: I'm not. I mean, I'm not calling you. Dumb. I'm just saying, like, no, I I, I love that. Be the youngest person in the room, and then be around really smart people. That's, yeah. that's been my strategy, and it served me well.
0: That's amazing. I love that, and uh, to to. The point that we were talking about a little bit earlier, which was, you know, how can we deepen these connections, right? Uh, Jordan mentioned it, like, okay, have these good conversations. And with taking a breath, we want you and and your friends and the people that you know, to be able to, especially right now, virtually, um, go deeper with other young people who are interested. So I want to, I know I plugged it at the beginning of the episode, but because we had this conversation, I think that, like, you joining the conversation and being a part of this is, is so important. So if you're listening and interested, um, definitely check that out through um, the link in the Instagram bio at taking a breath podcast. Um, So just want to continue that conversation, continue the growth together, Uh, Jordan. And I I really appreciate just everything that you shared today and uh, looking forward to continuing to follow your journey and, uh, and learn from you.
1: Yeah, really grateful to be here and have this conversation. Thanks for doing this and having me on.
0: For sure. Awesome. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Taking a Breath podcast with Parker May.